The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Samaritas, the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. However, Samaritas also provides a number of other services around the state. They are one of the largest refugee resettlement agencies in Michigan. They serve homeless families, persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They also provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families and also have skilled nursing, memory care and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac and Saginaw. Samaritas, we thank them for their support here at Deadline Detroit. Hey everyone, happy Thursday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And there's one thing that I want to talk about on today's program, and that, of course, is the proposed ban on flavored vaping products that Governor Whitmer talked about yesterday. We'll get into that a little bit. I've got some thoughts on this, and there's a bunch of different arguments about there as to whether or not this is legal, whether it will work. But there's one thing that I want all of us to remember, and I'll talk about that on today's show. So please stick around. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. Hey, Craig here. Thanks for checking out the show today. I really do appreciate it. So yesterday, uh, Governor Whitmer proposed a ban on vaping products. Not all vaping products, but flavored vaping products. Things that uh, like bubblegum flavor and berry flavor and melon. You've seen them all, whether it's Juul, whether it's Blue, whether it's all these other companies and a lot of unregulated and smaller companies and vaping products you can buy for vaping pens that have different flavors. And of course, they're nicotine based. The idea here is to stop kids from vaping, suggesting that there's an epidemic of kids vaping. And, and I'll tell you what, I see kids vaping all over the place. It's not something that is just limited to adults. And understanding that uh, keeping these products out of the hands of kids is a good idea. But there are a number of different arguments here. And there's going to certainly be a legal challenge to this. You have a number of retailers who sell vape products in their shops who are going to argue that this is not something that the governor can legally do. Uh, she says she's going to come up with some new rules for retailers in the next few weeks, and then they will be reviewable on a six-month basis. And while I get that, I get that these retailers do not want to lose a lucrative source of business, but the, the arguments I'm hearing around this are, are really interesting. There's a number of people who say, oh, this is just big tobacco trying to stop the vape companies because they're taking their business. I want to put that to rest here in just a little bit, and I'll talk about why. And then there are the others who say, well, why don't we just ban everything that's bad for us? pop, cigarettes. Well, you know, we're not. Adults get to do what adults want to do. But that's not what this is about. For me, all those arguments are worth talking about at some point in time. They're all worth discussing. You know, what should we do? What is the best way to keep this out of the hands of young kids? What is the best way to stop a new generation of people from becoming hooked on nicotine? That's what this is about. Keeping people from getting hooked on to nicotine. Now, I'm not going to be this preachy ex-smoker type guy or anything like that because I'm not that guy. I'm somebody that has wrestled with nicotine addiction since I was about 16 years old. I started young. I quit for a long time. I had a cigarette, started again, and it's been a fight ever since. This is something I deal with on a daily basis. And I'm angry at myself. I'm the one that made the mistake at the beginning. I knew that this was something that was harmful for me. And I knew that this was a product that was addicting. I was raised after the Surgeon General came out and said, hey, these things are bad for you. 
I think everybody suspected it before, but of course, nobody actually wanted to put out the studies that suggested it was the case. And in fact, you've seen instances where whistleblowers from the tobacco companies actually had their lives threatened for revealing the truth about what was behind cigarettes and what was behind the tobacco industry and their fake studies suggesting that there were no harmful side effects from smoking. Keep this in mind. The tobacco companies didn't necessarily call them cigarettes. They called them nicotine delivery devices. They knew how powerful an addiction nicotine was. They knew getting somebody started young would keep them buying their product for a long time. Whether they wanted to or not, it was something that they did because they became addicted to the nicotine. They knew that as older people died off from smoking and smoking-related illnesses went through the roof, that more and more people would be avoiding this habit altogether and would choose not to smoke. So what do you do about that? Well, along comes vaping technology. And you get companies like uh, Juul out there and Views and some of these others that are, that are making this. And of course, you have, again, all these independent things. And the idea behind the e-cigarette idea was a good one. Is it something that could help transition somebody from being a smoker to a non-smoker, or at least a less dangerous form of smoking? That was the idea. Is vaping better than uh, inhaling smoke? Yes, more than likely it is. Now, there may be some associated health risks from vaping that we have not yet fully explored because, frankly, we don't have the data yet to see what impact it's really having. There are some anecdotal stories about some illnesses, but that could have been from bad product. That could have been from a number of things. So, yes, going off half-cocked on this is probably not a good idea. But if we're going to discuss this, if we're going to discuss this, I think it is important that we again couch this in the terms that the cigarette companies themselves use, nicotine delivery devices getting you hooked on nicotine, and keeping you hooked on nicotine. You've got a whole generation of kids that wouldn't consider smoking cigarettes, but they're vaping all over the place. And guess what? They're becoming addicted to nicotine. And yes, make it taste good. Make it taste like bubblegum or fruit punch or cotton candy or melon or berries. Anything but making it taste like actual cigarettes. The lowest selling ones are the ones that taste like actual cigarettes. Now think about this for just a second. You have a generation of kids, again, that never would consider becoming smokers, but they are becoming vapors. And for the tobacco companies, they don't care what form you take the nicotine in. If they're the ones that can provide it, guess what? They're going to do it. And where does nicotine come from? It comes from tobacco leaves. And lest anybody sit there and say, well, this is big tobacco uh, trying to, you know, uh, trying to curtail a market that's cutting into their business. No, it's not. Most of these people are new to nicotine. They weren't smokers. They weren't doing it. They had a pretty consistent market and it was shrinking. This is a way to grow it again. And before you think any of these companies are you know, altruistic or anything like that, when I say altruistic, that's important because the company I'm going to talk about right now is a company called Altria. They're one of the largest tobacco companies out there. They just bought a minority stake, a large multi-billion dollar minority stake in Juul. The company that has been going around saying, we're the ones that want to do something about this and keep it out of the hands of kids. Really? Now think about this. Juul, whether or not they are a company that is concerned about the health, obviously wants to sell as much product as possible. And why is making a deal with Altria, even if they are a minority partner, important? Well, guess what? Then they get access to Altria's distribution system. Think about this. $12.8 billion investment from Altria. This is going to allow Juul to be displayed next to all the other cigarette brands in millions of stores nationwide. Now, so Altria 
of course, again, they don't care what method you get your nicotine in as long as you're getting nicotine because they supply the base product. Their farmers supply the base product. Philip Morris getting involved in this. RJR, they're all getting involved in this because they see that this is the future of smoking. It's not going to be smoking. It's going to be vaping. And they've found a way to get the next generation hooked on a product that was, God, we were getting close. We were making real progress on beating back the tobacco lobby and on beating back this scourge, frankly, that has cost us how many billions and trillions of dollars in public dollars to fight the health problems related to smoking. And while the health problems with vaping might not be as severe, don't think that there's not going to be something, some sort of price to pay down the road from this. There will be. And while I understand people saying, well, adults should be able to do what adults want to do. Yes, they should. But don't ever forget what is going on here. This is an attempt to get new customers in the door and keep them there. That's all that this is about. I tweeted something out yesterday. I said, hey, kids, guess what? In the real world, smokes don't taste like bubblegum. It's true. But this is not a harmless alternative to smoking. I see the value in transitioning smokers off of cigarettes onto this. If it's the thing that keeps their addiction fed and keeps them from harming themselves by inhaling smoke, that makes a lot of sense. And that seems to be a great use for this product. Sort of like a nicotine patch that satisfies a couple of different needs that smokers tend to have. That hand-to-mouth issue and, of course, the need for nicotine. That is not a bad use for this product. But when I see 14-year-old kids walking around with a puff of smoke around their head, I don't like that. It tells me that something about this has now been deemed cool. And the Food and Drug Administration is getting ready to whack these companies because you see the marketing and the packaging for these, making it look like, you know, these young 20-something-year-old girls all having fun vaping at a party. Remember the cigarette ads, alive with pleasure. But these are companies that have been lying to us for their entire existence. Another example of this, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. Philip Morris International, one of the largest tobacco companies in the world. They created a nonprofit that they call the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World. Sounds great. We want to help you. And they're trying to partner with the World Health Organization on this. And the WHO obviously has an interest in getting people off of cigarettes. Cigarettes are a real problem, uh, especially in, in parts of the third world. You're seeing huge addiction levels of smoking, and China's got a massive problem with this as well. So their stated goal of this foundation, according to a piece I found in the New York Times not that long ago, and I did a little research into this organization, is to reduce the global health burden of cigarette use. However, there are internal documents, internal documents there, that show that what they're actually doing is trying to promote the company's own vaping products. So all they're trying to do is replace one form of tobacco user with another. This isn't about fixing that. It's about transitioning their business model so they can still sell addiction and capitalize on our addiction to nicotine. So I understand that people might be upset that they get rid of flavored vapes because I guarantee you, if you made them taste like the ass that cigarettes taste like, guess what? Most kids aren't going to pick it up. They're not going to want to. And you as an adult may say, I love vaping and I, they shouldn't take that away from me. Well, okay, fine. Maybe it should be regulated in some way. But the marketing's got to be different. We can't allow, allow them to just sit there and, and blatantly suggest that this is a cool activity. Because it's not. Look, I understand people vaping, you know, uh, you know, CBDs and things like that. That makes sense because there's a payoff, I guess, at the end. But what's the payoff of vaping other than maybe a mild nicotine buzz that goes away in a couple of seconds? 
No, it just becomes something you do because you have to. And these companies are counting on you to think that this is a healthier alternative and don't mind getting addicted to it because, well, you know, it's not that bad. All right, seven, eight bucks out of your pocket every day for the next 20 years. Let me know how you feel about that. That's all this is about. Separating you from your money because they get you hooked on a product that you know doesn't have any value. Like I said, there are some benefits to this technology, especially for somebody that's trying to transition off of cigarettes. But for somebody who's just picking it up for the sake of picking it up, there is no benefit there. And my whole thing about this is, sometimes, you know what, we just got to take one for the team. For the betterment of our world, maybe it is time to sit there and take a look at vape products and whether or not they actually provide any sort of value to the community in any way, shape, or form. Because if all we're doing is fighting this libertarian fight so we can keep these assholes in business, we're getting played. We've been getting played. Maybe it's time to consider it. Maybe it's time to look at it. And I know there's going to be a big court fight and this is going to be ugly. But you know what? It is something to consider. It is something to consider. Because I, for one, do not like the fact that these companies have been able to lie to us over and over and over again. And the fact that when the big tobacco settlement was announced back in the 1990s, the stock prices for these companies went up because they at least knew now what their liability was going to be, speaks volumes. They weren't punished. Their stock prices went up. They gained some certainty that they needed, and it allowed them to work on new inventions and newfangled ways to addict us to nicotine. And that's all this is about. So the next kid you see vaping, I'm not saying harass them. I'm not saying pull it out of their mouth. I'm not asking anybody to do that. But just say, hey, have fun spending nine bucks a day for the rest of your life. You know, or you could spend a buck and get a pack of gum and actually have real bubble gum as opposed to something that tastes like it. Thanks for listening to my rant. I appreciate it. You may disagree. That's fine. Leave comments. Let me know. I'm going to put it up on Facebook. I look forward to the debate there. I've got my thoughts on this, and I feel very strongly about it. I just don't like these companies, period. And don't think that these companies that are making these are any different than the tobacco companies, because guess what? They're quickly becoming one and the same. We should be over this. The email address, thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, on Snapchat, on LinkedIn, on Instagram. And again, you can always just reach out if you see me on the street. I'm downtown every day. Look forward to hearing from you. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, it is the week that was on Deadline Detroit. Alan Langle, Nancy Derringer, and I will break down the week's news. We have a lot of fun doing it. If you have not watched it or heard it, please check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's about a half an hour long. We break down the news of the week, and we try to have a lot of fun while we do it. And and there's no shortage of, of funny stuff that goes on in the world. That's for sure. Uh, Anyway, look forward to that. Uh, That's tomorrow, and I will see you then. Have a great afternoon, everybody. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Hey there, my name is Seth Ressler. Hi everyone, it's Becky Scarcello. I am new to the Detroit area. And I've been here my whole life. So we started a podcast together. It's called The D. 
brief. Detroit's arts and entertainment podcast. We cover concerts, comedy, plays, food, drink, all kinds of stuff. All the cool events around town, things to do, and the people that are doing them. Can we talk about some of the people we've had as guests on this podcast? Hey, this is Mark Curlyanchik, the restaurant critic for the Detroit Free Press. Hi, I'm Ian DeLisi, and I host Essential Music on 1019 WDET. Hi, this is Mark Ridley of Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Hey, this is Kate Williams, executive chef of Lady of the House. Hey, this is Meltdown from WRAF in Detroit. This is Josh Mallerman, author of Bird Box. This is Carmen Harlan, curator of film at the Detroit Institute of Arts. President and founder of Valentine Distilling Company. The general manager of innovation experiences for the Henry Ford. Arts and entertainment editor at the Detroit Free Press. Michigan Science Center. Arts Beats and If you like going out in the city of Detroit, you're going to like this podcast. The Debrief Podcast. We like to say Detroit's moving. Keep up. The Debrief. Your guide to Detroit's arts and entertainment scene.